Weekly Loss Podcast, episode number 187. Hey, cool, you fixed it. Don't expect anything. The chances of getting a signal are slim at best. Static's good, right? No. Reception is good. Wait, what's that? It's Russo's signal. Oh, crap. But this radio has a wider bandwidth. <laughs> That's what you call a party in a podcast. Hold it! Stop, do you hear that? Welcome to the weekly Lost Edition of the Generally Speaking Production Network. Now, here are your hosts, Stephanie and Cliff. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Weekly Lost Podcast. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. I'm Stephanie Ravenscraft. And we are here to do our full weekend review of Season 5, Episodes 1 and 2. And uh, we are going to give you as much as we can because we... Now, now Stephanie and I don't drink. Well, okay. <laughs> or did you while you were out with your friends? No, I didn't. Okay, so I Stephanie and I yeah. don't normally drink. Yeah. So when I say this, and, 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 and we did not drink this week. However, what I will say is that we have a complete lost hangover. I mean, as, as much as one can have. Absolutely. We, yeah. if, of course, everybody who's heard episode number 186 of the Weekly Lost Podcast... You know what? This doesn't sound right. Is this 186 or 187? It's 187. Oh, good. Okay. It is. So anybody who heard episode 186, you know that on Wednesday evening, we had an entire house full of people who came from all over the place to come and enjoy Lost with us in all its its glory. And, and uh, we just had a wonderful time. And several of those folks stayed until, well... Today, today, which is awesome. We had we had a great time with so many different people, and uh, while I thought for sure that I I don't know why I didn't think about this, and, and I guess it's my own poor planning and stuff, but I thought for sure that between Wednesday and Saturday evening, I would certainly have plenty of time to vote to, to devote to the research of this very first inaugural episode of season five. Okay. Or these two inaugural episodes. Okay. But what it boiled down to was is that, well, things didn't go that way. And uh, it, which is cool because I totally um, I, I really wanted to uh, to make sure that I didn't pass up the opportunity to be with the people that were here. Right. Which is totally cool. But what it boiled down to is the last five hours I've been basically scouring the net uh, nonstop trying to put together some things here. And I have to give a special shout out to somebody that's in the chat room right now. We are recording live, back live again on the weekends. And uh, I have to give a shout out to Jeff in Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. And that is because he has been slaving away for us <laughs> in getting some audio clips from the show itself. And so, Jeff, big shout out to you. Thank you very much. Uh, for really saving my hind end uh, when it comes to getting those clips. And in fact, he's got a lot more clips than I actually have uh, queued up in the audio system. But but uh, it, definitely, he, he, he really saved that end of it for me, and, and I really appreciate that. So with that, Stephanie, I think it's time to just jump right into this thing and uh, basically just start exploring the mystery. What do you think about that? Okay. All right. So we have some show notes here. Starting with the mystery, huh? Yeah, and you know what? I'm I'm looking at my my little thing here and for some reason I don't have that little that little audio clip that says, "Ooh, exploring the mystery." <laughs> so let's just pretend that you heard a really fancy bumper there and just move on. 
<laughs> How's that sound? That sounds good. All right. So in our initial reaction, uh, you you and I and and the folks in the chat or in the in the studio here, we were talking about some things, and and I guess the topic of ju- lost jumping the shark really did not originate here in our studio, but the conversation actually came up in our studio recording for the mm-hmm. initial reaction because some folks in the chat room were suggesting that Lost had jumped the shark. Right. Is that correct? Yes. That That's what I'm understanding. Okay. So with that in mind, what I'd like to do is basically uh, we've already given our thoughts on whether or not we feel that that lost has jumped the shark and and you and i pretty much agree that you know hey we're along for the ride we love this thing and lost producers you can i mean not you can't throw out anything right you know i'm very thankful that they they you know gave um uh Frogert the the kiss of death right at the same episode that they you know don't throw us any more of those but I mean I I really trust the writers when it comes to this time travel stuff right and mostly because I don't understand it all you know when when right. I don't understand it you can actually get by with a little bit more uh, and what I'm finding though Stephanie in reading through our forum over at gspn.tv slash forum and also reading on some of the more you know those forums where people get a little bit more heated in their arguments okay. uh the fuselage <laughs> uh th- th- where i i see that there, there are some folks who are a little bit upset about this and they're going on about string theory and and uh paradoxes and the fact that all these things have already crossed the line and and so there are some people really upset about it right but if time travel was the the speculation all along how can they then now yeah I, jumping the shark i don't i think they were okay with the alluding to it's like uh you know when ben said something it's like or when are we right you know or, and stuff like that i think they were okay with that with with the introduction that something might be happening but this all of a sudden jaunting back and forth through time which jaunting of course is a very big uh reference to um the tomorrow people of uh which was the science fiction show of my uh childhood which i love very much Although they were jaunting through space, which obviously I want to say that I believe the island is moving not just... Actually, I believe the island is stationary in time, uh, but the people on the island are not. Um, And I think that the island not only has some properties of people, things moving around back and forth in time, but I I also believe that the, the island is moving spatially as well. Right. Well, that's something that we talked about later on in the week. I don't think we covered that on on Wednesday night. This is crew. It's crew? It's true. <laughs> and it's also cruel. Yeah, this is going to be fun. That's what it's going to be. All right. So, um that the people are only moving through time. Obviously because they're on the island, but that the that the island is moving both through time and space. Right. Right? Yeah, or there's a phenomenon of both times. There's a phenomenon called loss that gives me a headache, but I love it anyway. Exactly. So the the deal is is that um, obviously something's happening with time travel, but also space travel as well. Or not space, but uh, physical location right, travel. Right, right. And uh, the Nigerian... Well, that's, that's what the, space means. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, not that outer space, but... Exactly. Thank you for... Yes. Yes, exactly. So we're on the same page here. So basically, I think the proof that the island is physically moving as well 
is because obviously if it's closer to Nigeria, Nigeria, which was, you know, how in the world did this beach craft get from, from Nigeria to this location in the South Pacific or whatever? And, uh, the, the answer for that is that the island has moved physically. So, uh, basically, what I do have is, you know, some people have been talking about this shark jumping things. So we have some feedback and, and we want to say a special thank you to everybody who's left us voicemails on our listener line, which, uh, Stephanie, what's that phone number? If anybody ever wanted to call and leave us feedback for our, any of our shows, actually. 859-795-4067. All right. And so here is our first caller of this episode, and it is uh, Daryl from Mardell.com. Hello, Stephanie and Cliff. This is Daryl from Oklahoma City, and I wanted to call in. And Man, I've been thinking about Lost. My wife and I went to bed last night, and we were still talking about Lost and how good it was. And It was, it was awesome to see everybody in, in your uh, studio last night. And even though it was hard to see everybody, it was, it was still kind of cool to see uh, them there and kind of put a face sort of to some of the names that we've been chatting with in the chat room all this time. Um, so I just want to thank you, even though I wasn't there for, for putting on the, uh, watch party and, and for all those who came, that was, that was pretty cool. And all, everybody in the chat room, I did want to speak to something that was mentioned in the chat room. And that was that a lot of people think that lost has now jumped the shark with the introduction of time travel. Um, for those of us who followed along the Dharma special access during the hiatus, we kind of knew that time travel was going to be a part of this new season. In fact, I think you mentioned uh, one of the videos where Damon and Carlton were talking about time travel and, and creating a paradox and actually not being able to create a paradox. And I think that is what has prevented Lost from jumping the shark. It's not that the rules have changed, as some people mentioned in the chat room. It's that we have now been exposed to rules that we did not realize existed. But the writers knew that they existed. And so because the writers have known that these rules existed all this whole time, they've written the show within the construct of those rules. And now we are learning what those rules are. And Daniel Faraday told us a little bit about what those rules are. And as long as they stick to those rules and don't turn this into something like Heroes has become, then Lost will be safe and they will not have jumped the shark. This is a dangerous road they're going down, but I think Lost has some pretty brilliant writers, and I think that they're going to be able to pull this off. It's just too early to tell. But right now, my faith is in the writers. I don't think they've jumped the shark. It's just we have to learn what these new rules are and figure out what that means in context of the show. I don't think this is the first time the island has traveled back and forth through time because folks like Richard Alpert and Ben seem to know exactly what to do. And the writers know that. They know exactly what, what, what it means when the island begins to travel back and forth through time. So don't give up. Don't. They haven't jumped the shark yet. And I look forward to a great season of Lost. Thank you for all you guys do. Take care. Daryl, thank you so much. I am, I am totally on board with that. I am not giving up. And, and I do like the fact that they, they, they did set up some rules. And I loved how he explained it. You know, it's not so much that you know, this is all new to us, Uh, or it's not so much that this is all new, that these rules are new. These rules always existed for the writers because they knew back then what they were going, you know, the story they were going to tell. We're just now being introduced to the rules. Right. And I I think that the perfect way of seeing that is it, it was a little bit awkward 
to see Marvin Candle, or not Marvin Candle, but Pierre Chang, if you will. It was a little awkward to see Pierre Chang all of a sudden explaining, you know, the the, the theory of time and being able to go back and change, you know, all these different things and, and to, to the head foreman, you know? Mm-hmm. He's like, listen, you don't understand, you know, we're we're tapping into this and he goes on and on and on. And all of that seemed to just be able to lead up to the point where he says, listen, no, we're not going to go back and change things because there are rules. And so uh, basically, I think in a way that 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 scene is foreshadowing, just like the island, you know, back when Dharma was researching the properties of the island, they understand there were rules that they were not going to be able to cross, such as going back and changing things. And so maybe that's the same as saying the writers, even if they went when they were back in season one writing these things, they like they were like, you know, hey, we have rules in place as well. So right. Anyway. Anyway. So Wayne says, I don't care what they do. He's just along for the ride. Absolutely. Aren't we all? Hi, Cliff and Stephanie. This is Wayne Henderson in California. Just wanted to call in a quick thought while I have uh, exhaustion from staying up too late watching Lost last night. <laughs> but listening to the GSPN.TV Weekly Lost podcast this morning on my way to work. And just one thing that came to mind, I know at the beginning of the podcast, a lot of people uh, were making a big deal about the fact that you know, Damon and Carlton said that this show will only have things that can be within the realms of possibly happening. And now it, maybe it seems like it doesn't. I, I don't see the big deal with that. I'm thinking... A, maybe Damon and Carlton were kind of tossing us off the scent a little bit, knowing that they were going to mess with us later, or maybe they just changed their minds. But either way, I myself, I don't care. I'm along for the ride. I don't see any of this uh, shark jumping in the future. I am just going along for the ride, with or without a time paradox. I don't care. I love my loss, and I'm going to just enjoy it and go along for the ride. And uh, myself... I have to disagree a little bit with everybody. I was excited to see Anna Lucia back. Whether or not she's totally in Hurley's imagination or for whatever reason, Hurley's able to see dead people, but apparently it's only the ones that have died on the island. And I don't know. I just thought it was great Anna Lucia was there. And when she said, oh, by the way, Libby says hi. Awesome. Now back to your podcast. Loving it, Cliff. All right, so Wayne basically says, I don't care. You know what? Here's what I don't get is that I don't understand why people are so surprised. I mean, they introduced time when when they did the constant last season. So mm-hmm. why? And there were several other things. You know, I don't know why people are so surprised that, oh, they've just now brought in this time paradox because they haven't. Right. They've been alluding to it hmm, from the beginning, you yeah. know? Not so blatantly in your face, but yeah, I don't know. They they definitely. Well, I do recall when when they did flashes before your eyes. There was right. a lot of argument out there. there. Was. It's like no, I really don't think he ever really went back. I think that those. It's like eh, I don't know. And, and of course, you know, Mrs. Hawking. That's the first you, episode we saw her in, in flashes before your eyes. It was. Do you think that maybe some of the Maybe some of the the disagreement or the um, hesitant hesitance to to embrace the story is just the inability to understand it. I 
Mm. Do you know what I mean? No, because I think the people who don't understand the time travel and the time theories and already gave up uh, on Lost. No, 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 and the quantum <laughs> physics and the string theories. Well, I and, don't understand any of that, but and you are okay with everything, right? I am because so I just kind of entertain me. And you're, yeah. you totally loved uh, Back to the as Future, they don't right? End it with with a snow globe. I told you, I'm, I'm take me anywhere. Well, within reason. Within reason that they that they want to. Right. To tell the story that they have to tell. I think it's the people who really understand the theories between be, behind string theory and and all these other things, uh, these these time theories. I think those are the people who are really upset because they're 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 cons- very concerned with these paradoxes or these things where you 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 go and you mess things up and then all of a sudden you have people. I mean, obviously there are people who spend. You think we spend a lot of time on Lost. I know. There are people who literally spend hours and hours Lost every... Lost their life. Exactly. That Lost ate their life. And I mean, they're actually mapping out everything. You've got this entire Lostpedia.com project. I mean, people are just getting down to the nitty gritty details. And the people who are upset is the ones who say, okay... Well, we're we're they're concerned that they're just going to throw continuity out the window and explain anything away with the fact. Of, well, that just happened in a different, you know, uh, that just happened in a different, you know, parallel timeline or something of that nature. You see what I'm saying? Right. So I, I think that that's what they're concerned with. They're, I think they're concerned with losing the cr- concreteness of you know what's going on in the storyline when you start jumping before time past time you can go and you can change everything and and they're not going to change things that and that's exactly what daryl says it's like listen you don't understand they got rules they've even said we have rules we can't change anything so yeah and and the writing team has all of this drawn out as to where they've jumped to what happened when they jumped there you know they i think that I think that what we need to respect about the writers is that they are moving ahead cautiously to tell their story. Right. I, I and I agree with you. I, I I am willing to trust the writing staff of Lost or at or at least those who oversee. Now, if all of this was happening, if all all of this was happening in the season premiere of of season five without an end date. Mm-hmm. Then maybe I could understand some of the questions revolving it, but they they are telling a story that is going to end in May of next year. Exactly. You know, so give them a little space and let them tell their story. Right. And keep in mind, it is just television. And and a lot of people in the chat room right now are saying, "Listen, you know, it's not that we're saying that they they they've already jumped the shark. It's just they they've got to be careful." Okay, so so Chris Aki is asking. Now, I have a hard time believing that I can understand some of these things, and y'all keep asking these questions because I'm not all that quick on some on some of this whole time thing. And and they cannot change the past, but things can happen to them in the present of where they have jumped to. Because Chris Lackey is asking, if things can't change, how does Ethan shoot Locke? Right. Because that's not something that changed the past. That's something that happened in the present of where he jumped to. Right. So how can I understand that and and answer that question? Well, and some people are still having. No, well, so, some people are saying. Because I think that that's pretty simple to understand. Well, the, the concern is, is that the fact is. is now, that as long as he continues if, to limp. 
no if, matter where they jump in time. Here's here's the concern: is that John Locke going into the past? Had he not gone to the past, Ethan would have never seen him, would have never shot him. Now that John has been in the past, Ethan came across him, shot him, and all of a sudden, I'm certain, would go back and tell the others about him, Which therefore setting off an entire course of other events, a different string along the timeline. Unless the timeline that happened happened because Ethan Hart had already met John Locke. That's exactly what I'm saying. Okay. And so therefore... Now, granted, you, there's a headache to be had there, but... That's the problem that people have. They don't want the headaches. Then turn off your TV. <laughs> and some of and them And that are. goes for every show on television. No, it doesn't. Yes, but... it does. If you don't want the headache of Grace, turn off the TV. Oh, yes. Yeah. If you don't want if the... You don't like if it. you don't like what they're telling in the story, turn it off because they have just as much right to tell their story as you have to watch it. That's right. And Stephanie will tell you just how it is at 1130 in the evening. I'm awake now. Anybody else got any more questions? No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Nice. Very nice. All right. So uh, Chris from Cape Cod uh, says this is what she thinks. Hi, Stephanie and Cliff. This is Chris from Cape Cod, freezing Cape Cod. Um, I'm listening to your podcast right now, the initial reaction to loss. And I thought it was an incredible episode. I loved everything about it. I can't believe people didn't like it. What, are they crazy? Or they thought it jumped the shack? I think that's nuts. This was incredible. I loved the creepy white-haired lady showing up. Loved Anna Lucia. Loved everything about it. Can't wait till next week. Talk to you later. Bye. Chris, thank you so much, and I hope you stay warm there in Cape Cod. And, uh, yeah, so, I mean, it, the the response is all around, you know, it's all over the place. But I think... Chris says, for the record, he loves the time travel. Yeah. So I, I wasn't, I didn't want him to feel like I was attacking him because that wasn't... Well, Chris knows you know, better, okay. so... I was just... Anyway, so things are looking uh, pretty good here in the chat room, by the way. I noticed that we've we've got just a very full chat room, and I just want to say... I have to keep turning it off because I can't follow it. It's going so fast. It's going very fast. I do keep checking it um, periodically. Just want to take care of one thing real quickly here. We have a, a live call-in phone number where you can call in and request to talk. Uh, we do ask if, if you're going to request a talk that you you keep it on topic with what we have now. If you want to bring up something we haven't brought up, uh, wait to see if it comes up. And if it doesn't come up, then we have a whole listener feedback section where we'll give you the opportunity to bring up anything we don't cover, which there will likely be a lot of that. So if you want something now, some of you are dialed in by phone, but you're not on the computer. And I just want to let you know if you hit star eight star T on the phone, it will hit the uh, it will notify me that you're requesting to talk. So and the phone number once again is uh, right under the chat window over at gspn.tv slash live. All right. So with that, Stephanie, uh, one last note. Uh, this comes from Wolf Gold in our forum over at gspn.tv slash forum. He says, although cool uh, to have, let's see here, although cool to no end, I am disappointed that Damon and Carlton uh, went with the time route. There's just no way you can keep it all consistent. We are bound to find big fat holes in the theory, and that is just plain disappointing. Anyway, Time stuff is way cool, and hey, uh, they may actually be able to pull it off. So even Wolf Gold seems to be a little bit all over the place with his yeah. the way that he or she not feels. really sure what they feel. 
I, I it think seems, that because I think it's very see a lot of people you know from the very beginning people have always wanted to toss out like oh big drawn out theories and when you can just change something with a time jump and stuff like that it, it can blow a hole through a theory in no right. time no i understand so maybe anyway let's talk about time travel uh it looks like nicole called in and she has some thoughts on the topic Hey, this is Nicole from Nicole's Lost Blog. I'm located in Decatur, Illinois, and I'm calling for the Weekly Lost Podcast. Um, Just something I've noticed um, about the way that they time travel on Lost. Um, Back in Season 4's The Constant, Desmond and Minkowski only travel mentally. Like, they both just kind of space out, and then they come back. But now in season five, they're physically time traveling. They're in place. They're appearing in places that they were not in the past, like when Locke runs into Ethan, and when he sees the Nigerian plane crash, and um, Faraday runs into Desmond back when he was still pushing buttons back in the hatch. So they're physically in places that they were not in the past when it actually happened. So. Just thought I'd point that out. Thanks. Bye. Yeah, so they, they've definitely seemed to broaden the the time jumping and stuff like that. Uh, I really enjoyed, personally, one of my favorite scenes is when they jumped back to what would appear to be maybe even the, I would say the 40s or maybe yeah. the 50s. Yeah. Um, and, and a lot of people were saying, you know, what were the suits of those people? Remember, it was uh, Sawyer and Juliet were accosted by... Right. Some soldiers and the one soldier says, uh, "Yeah, what? There were three of them. Okay, uh, that, I, I don't know. What a, the rifle appeared to be a World War Two era mm-hmm. uh, rifle, and not that I'm an expert in that field, but it just appeared to be that way. My grandfather was in World War Two and has a bunch of rifles all over the wall and stuff, so it appeared to be one of those style of rifles. Reminds me when we saw Mister Friendly the very first time. Tom, mm-hmm. remember when he had his beard on? Is like." Bring her out, Alice. <laughs> and so uh, basically he had a pistol that seemed to be very much a World War II relic, if you will. Yes. And um, some people were worrying, w- wondering about the, the uniforms that those folks had. Those, to me, that it was very reminiscent of uh, they seemed to be soldiers more than Dharma employees. Uh, and and very much, uh, I had I think I felt as though they had jumped all the way back into maybe the forties or the fifties, uh, back when you know way before Dharma actually you know got all set up on the island. Okay, and maybe perhaps they were there to take care of the hostiles or the inhabitants of the island, so that they but could. Weren't they wearing? Weren't they wearing like like um, work jumpsuits with their names on? I- I, I think their that names was similar to the same work s- that Ben's dad was wearing when S- similar, but not the same. And I, and I, I still think they were probably soldiers versus, I mean, I, I don't know. I could be wrong, but I, I, I just, I felt like the, and, and Daryl says they were green military uniforms and that's more of the, the okay. feel that I had. And, and it, it, it was reminiscent of older military okay. style right. clothing mm-hmm. anyway. So um, I, I we're not going to go into full details. There are show notes in our forum. If you go to gspn.tv slash forum, mm-hmm. everybody in the chat room obviously has access to our notes as, as like we're recording this. I like when the dude this. said, um, 
tell me what you're doing here. I'm going to cut off our other hand. Oh, yeah. The first one's non-negotiable. The first one's non-negotiable. That's exactly right. And of course, John Locke comes and saves the day. Yes, he does. I love that. He says, Sawyer, Juliet. With a knife. <laughs> now, when the guy got stabbed in the knife, how could anyone not know that it was going to be John? Yeah. Like, there were some people in the living room upstairs who were, like, surprised when John said, comes out and he's like, hello, James, Juliet. Yes. Yes. <laughs> nice to see you again. Yes. So uh, there is some great discussion in our forum, uh, and there's a link to it in the show notes for episode, what is this, 187? I can't remember now. We don't know how John got off. The, I'm sorry, now I'm asking. Um, we don't yet know how John got off the island, right? Well, no, we don't. Yeah, we don't know that yet. We just know that he did. Exactly. Because he had to. So basically what I was saying, though, is that there is a discussion in the forum, and it's called... Um, Time travel, and it's, it's called Affecting History. And uh, some great conversation. It was started by uh, Scott C. And, and I mean, it's probably one of the more active uh, discussions happening in the forum right now. And I really want to encourage people when you have some time to, to kind of read through there and to, to add your thoughts. Say that again? Why? It's called Affecting History. It's just basically how them jumping back and forth. Oh, okay. how is this affecting history? It, it, you know, are they actually changing things? Are they not changing? I heard things? you, but I was in a wrong place in my show notes. Not a problem. That's all. So the other question I have is why aren't the others changing or jumping the island uh, or jumping through time? No, I don't believe so. Why? Uh, Juliet is not. Um, and do what? Uh, Julie, Juliet, or I'm sorry, Juliet is. Juliet is because she, she's with Sawyer. That's correct. But I I think it has to do with, with whether or not, oh, you know what? Maybe. I think I, it's just not important. Well, no, yeah, I think it is important. Because Richard They're not, is, because Richard said we didn't go anywhere, you did. Right. So I think basically what's happening is okay. that the losties, right. anybody who was not born on the island is jumping back and forth through time. Not born on the island. Well, we don't have any evidence that Richard Alpert was born on the island. We, don't, I, you're right. We don't have evidence of that, but I believe he was. Charlotte's jumping through time, and everyone's speculating that she was born on the island. This is true, and she has the nosebleed, and nobody else does. Yeah, I'm sorry to poke holes in your theory, no, but you know, no. think them through first. <laughs> <laughs> well, babe, I'm telling you, I didn't have a whole lot of time to think them through this week. I'm sorry, that was funny. <clears throat> but I, but anyway. Uh, the one thing I will I, say, yeah. uh, we, we've seen a lot of people with nosebleeds. Mm-hmm. Um, and so basically, uh, a matter of fact, actually, that's coming up next. Let's, let's go ahead and talk about it. why is Charlotte affected by the time, chum- time jumps, such as having the nosebleed, but the rest of the losties aren't. Or so, aren't yet. Aren't yet. And uh, before we do that, let's go ahead and play a little audio clip I have here. All right. I just can't seem to shake this bloody headache. Bloody headache. Well, I'm sure it'll pass. It's not just that. It's the weirdest thing. Earlier, I was... I was thinking about my mum, and all of a sudden, I, I couldn't remember her maiden name. I mean, isn't that odd? Don't worry about it. Listen, all of us have been under a lot of stress. Daniel, do you know what's happening to me? 
Okay, so Daniel, do you know what's happening to me? Now, um, Stephanie, will you help me read through the show notes mm-hmm. there um, and start off? We'll, we've got a quote here from uh, Jeff in Oklahoma. He says, okay. um, dude, could that be any smaller? Yeah, it's a little small. I okay. apologize. Uh, does anyone else think that Charlotte's nose, nosebleeds are being caused because she is from the island originally? Maybe she gets them because the more she jumps, time-wise, not literally, uh, she gets closer to being at two places at once. Did that make any sense? Right. And then Chrissy from Australia writes in our forum. uh, They have also, let's see here, there have also been other characters with nosebleeds. Uh, Some of them, of course, was Horace, uh, Mm -hmm. which we saw Horace in the... He's uh, the guy who was dead for 12 years. Exactly. Visited John Locke. And so it could be that he remember... Oh, and do you remember how he kept repeating himself? Mm -hmm. It kept... Yeah, I like that. And it reminds me of the uh, skipping record at the beginning. Because uh, he kind of can't make a record. <laughs> can't make a record. All right, Minkowski had a nosebleed, yes. and then but he of course, wasn't from the island. He was on the ship. That's right. And um, his was, and we're going to talk about the radiation stuff, and then uh, and then of course Desmond. But there was somebody else with uh, a nosebleed, and Faraday uh, in the scene where we see Faraday in the orchid station. Mm-hmm. Remember, uh, Pierre Chang is the, down there, right? The worker, the worker who was Whose drilling, drill melted. He said, all of a sudden, he started complaining. His head was hurt, and of course, he's laying on the ground. He with, had a nosebleed, uh, exactly. No blood all over coming so out. So maybe from his nose. it is there. Maybe it is there. Proximity to that place, or the radiation, the, um, mixed with the. I don't know. I'm just making it up as I go along. But I don't think... Here's the deal with the radiation, though, is I don't think Charlotte's been any closer... No, the proximity to the energy that they were trying to harness. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Which might be... Let's finish on, and you'll see what okay. I'm talking about with okay. radiation. So, uh, basically, Chrissy goes on to say, um, uh, so there are other nosebleeds the same... Uh, so, are their nosebleeds the same reason Charlotte has one, or different? Apart from Horace, we know that there is some sort of time jumping from the other... T- from the other two. So is it just related to that? Desmond's nosebleed stopped once he found his constant, though. So will you read what Just Sue in our forum said? Yes. I thought their nosebleeds were a symptom of that time sickness that results from being exposed to radiation and then passing through the island's time-bending radius of weirdness. Isn't that how Daniel explained it before? Minkowski may have been exposed to radiation at his job, and then he went to the island and got sick. Daniel and his pet rat were exposed to radiation at his lab. Desmond wasn't sick until he left the island after being exposed to the hatch implosion. Um, This is why I wonder what will happen to Locke when he leaves the island to look for the six. Charlotte's sickness seems a little different because hers is starting with the nosebleed, and the others... Okay, and for the others, the nosebleed came at the end, and after having lost consciousness over and over again. Hmm. I wonder. Hmm. Anyway, so poison gas going too near to the island, lost of a loss of a constant. Uh, Randy O'Daniel's throwing out a couple different ideas there. So, anyway, there is a there's a discussion of this happening in the forum, and of course. Uh, I don't think we're going to have any definite answers just yet. But if you want to add your thoughts and theories on why Charlotte is being affected affected by this and nobody else is yet, 
um, then there's a link in the show notes to that section or that discussion in the forum. I know as well. you're going to want to move right through the. Wow. <coughs> Sorry. Go ahead. I'm going to move right through the what? Right through the show notes. Uh huh. But I had a question that came to me the other day. Well, you can jump in anytime you would like. Okay. That's allowed? Yes. All right. So since we believe that the island is moving in space. Uh huh. Is Rose's cancer going to come back since they showed Rose this? No, because I think the island has the healing properties. In fact, I think that's a great question. But remember, um, John Locke was shot by Ethan. I do remember that. And then there is a jump through time. And then Richard Alpert says, he he pulled out the bullet. I'm going to need you to change this every few hours. And he says, and the island will do the rest. That's right. Even though he's jumping back and Mm -hmm. forth through time. Okay. And possibly the island may still be moving as Fair well. Enough. Yeah. All right. So anyway, that's Thanks. my th- that's okay. my thought on that. That makes sense. Thanks. All right. Jack suit and lock lock talk. Um, will you go ahead and read this little bit of a discussion that was started by Chris K? And uh, I just th- found this a little bit interesting. A little bit. Yep. Okay. Two things struck me in the first two hours, and they're kind of interrelated. Number one, the suit Jack was wearing in the hotel room with Ben looked pretty similar to the one we first saw him in when he woke up in the jungle in the pilot episode. So basically, the the suit that we see him, we we would assume that probably they only have 70 hours to get back to the island. Uh, I'm going to assume they're going to get back to the island. And if they get back to the island, and remember they said pack everything you need because we're you're not coming back then that would be the suit that Jack is going to be wearing. But, okay, here's the deal. If this, I don't follow. when Jack, season one, yeah. I open. Right. We he see Jack. the plane. But we wonder what, how Jack got so far away from everybody else. Could it be okay. that the island is in a loop? You okay. know, basically... You can't yeah. make a record if right. you can't make a record if, yeah. Gotcha. Exactly. So go ahead, go ahead and uh, finish up reading the okay. the second note there. Maybe it just could be because they, you know, get their costumes from the thrift store and you have to keep everything you got. There you go. Because they have, a, like Chef Mark says, because they have extremely low budget, right? That's right, right. <laughs> Whatever. Well, I don't think that's not heroes. No, but Lost isn't a show that should be wasting its money on, on costumes and wardrobe. I think it is. I don't. Wasting's a... Uh, uh, Thrift store is great. They're on a budget. Come and on, And clothes baby. aren't at the top of the list. <laughs> Whatever. I mean, their their clothing budget is so tight that Sawyer fell out of his shirt when he jumped out of the helicopter. <laughs> you know? I mean, seriously. Seriously. All right. So number two from Chris K is Locke waking up on his own away from everyone else reminded me of that as well. Right. Okay. Of Jack waking up so far from the plane? Is that? No. No. Uh, basically, yes. Okay. Yeah. He, this. Go ahead and continue to read. You'll see what he, he's getting at. Okay. Maybe in season one, when it seemed that Locke was so in tune with the island, it wasn't so much that he was in tune as it was that he just experienced it all before. I think the ending of the series is going to show us how Jack got into the jungle apart from everyone else and the series is going to form one complete circle with the end of season six directly leading into the start of season one you all right 
All right. Either, I can finish it. I got it. Either that or the flight attendant is going to wake Jack up and tell him that they landed safely in L.A. Jack's going to say, what a weird dream. And walk off the plane and then thud lost. Okay, so I totally love this theory. And I also, I'm going to mute you there for a second. But basically, the the whole idea that this is going to be a circular thing and that, you know, when they get back to the island, that they're going to uh, basically, uh, I'm sorry, I'm distracted now. Are you okay? Did I got to go get something to drink. Okay, I'm going to pause. Okay, everybody, we are back. And uh, Stephanie, I hope that you're feeling better. I support the loop. You support you support the loop. If season six ends where season one begins, I completely yeah. So the question is, that's awesome. Who I at, wish that was my theory. Who who has the black and white pieces that were found on Adam and Eve in their pocket at this point in time? I don't know. Do you remember what I'm talking about? Yeah. So you know whoever has it, I bet you know if if it was the loop. Anyway, there there's a lot of discussion about the loop, uh, and of course, uh, Chrissy says there's a timelooptheory.com website that is out there as well. So definitely check that out. And let's see here, we have lock getting shot theory, and I really like this one. This is from uh, Chrissy uh, in Australia as well. She says I also think that when Locke gets shot in the leg by Ethan. Uh, it basically it is related to when Locke finds the plane with Boone, and all of a sudden, just out of nowhere, he can't walk. I really like that. And Stephanie's like freaking out now. She's like, "No way! That is so awesome!" I forgot about that. Okay, and so she says she forgot about that. Did you want to say anything other than that's really a great theory? It's really a great theory. And we will even give Was her. It? A, it's an interesting theory. All right. So. And of course, everybody else in the in the uh, forum really liked that as well. All right, so the next big question is: Locke really dead? And let's uh, go ahead and go to a listener who called in around about this one here. Hey, Cliff, this is John uh, from Houston, Texas, calling about the weekly Lost podcast. Um, oh, wrong one. Here we go. Off another theory that maybe Locke isn't actually dead, but rather. Uh, you know, Ben has him in, you know, almost a comatose-type state right now that they're going to eventually revive him out of, you know, just to show Jack the seriousness of, you know, him getting the six together to get back to the island. All right. So basically, John from Houston, Texas, called in twice, or called in once, but called in two different uh, thoughts, and I put this one here. So basically, he he believes that John Locke is not dead. And let's see what Amanda in Michigan says. Hi, this is Amanda calling from Michigan. I am very excited to call in for the Weekly Lost podcast. I'm also hoping that I'm still awake tonight when it's on so I can be a part of it. And I really wish I could have been there this week. It sounds like y'all had a lot of fun. So what do I want to talk about the Weekly Lost podcast? I don't want to talk about Creepy Butcher Shop Lady. I posted this on the forum, but just after all that's happened, the time travel... Jack shaving his beard, Hugo telling his mom everything. That's the one thing I just don't get. There's this lady in a butcher shop, creepy enough, but she seems to know more about Ben than just his name, and she's not really bothered that he showed up with a corpse, and she knew exactly what it was. So I'm wondering if she's from the island, or Ben and her had a hand in John's death, or... 
they know John's not really dead, or I don't know, but there's something seriously weird going on there. So I'm interested to see what y'all think. All right, have a great day, and I'm looking forward to hearing the podcast tonight. Talk to you later. Bye. All right, Amanda, thank you so much. Uh, let's see here. So she's wondering what's going on. Is Locke really dead? Did somebody have a hand in it? Uh, and, of course, while um, we had this conversation going on and some things were playing, Hubert asked, you know, if Locke's not dead, then why does his body need to be cold? Uh, and he also says maybe Locke became undead and transformed into Keith Richards. <laughs> He's just kidding. But anyway, um, here's what David, um, a friend of mine on Facebook, wrote on my wall earlier today. He says, hey, I think Locke is alive and the Saeed dart thing is an example of how it was done. Hurley's mom even thought he was dead. Uh, of course, I think that would mean that Ben sent those dudes, be, meaning the lawyer, but I am still working on it. So, David, I th- I'm along with you on this one. I, I really think it's possible that John Locke is not dead, that maybe it's kind of like a Romeo and Juliet kind of deal. And, uh, Steph, go ahead. Okay. I thought you still had me muted. I agree. I don't think that John Locke is dead. You don't think so? No. And, uh, will you read what Faith wrote, uh, right underneath that quote from David from on Facebook? I certainly will try. Uh, did anyone notice how Ben sort of, um, skirted answering Jack when Jack asked if Locke was dead? Hmm. I think Locke may be pulling the best dead fake out since McHale. Since McHale. That's awesome. So um, <laughs> basically, I, I really like this. And, and, you know, Richard says to Locke as he's being bandaged and right before the next jump and, and through time, basically it's like, listen, you're you're going to have to go back and convince everybody to, to come back. And he's like, how am I going to do that? And he you're says, you're going to have to die. Locke, you're going to have to die. Now, I think what happens, and of course in the future we're going to see continuation of, of, of what it is that brings all this about and stuff like that. And I don't think that it, it you know, I, I don't think that he had enough time to completely explain everything, obviously, that they were showing us that right. they didn't have enough time. But I think basically they were going to have to fake his death to, to make it. And so that's, that's kind of like where I'm going. But, you know, who yeah, knows? I think the hardest one, well, obviously, um, Hurley's going to be difficult now that he's in jail, but Sun, I think, would be the hardest one to get to go back. You think so? Because mm-hmm. she believes that Jen is dead. I, I know how you get I know and how you get Sun back. All you have to do is, is convince her that Jen's alive. But is that going to be so, con- you know, I don't, I don't know. I think she I think could she, do it. I, I think Ben could do it. This, ben could do it. I think Ben could do it. Yeah. I don't, that, that's you in later in the episode when he talks to Mrs. Hawking, it, it, he can, he's like, I need more time than this because you know, right. Hurley's, but he didn't mention anything about son. Okay. So I, th- I think that, that Ben's already working his magic there. All right. The only thing that, that he couldn't account for is, is for Hurley. And, uh, I think that that's kind of thrown a loop there. Right. But Amanda in Michigan with her call, of course, she also, uh, when she was talking about Locke being dead and all that stuff, she also says, who in the world is this butcher shop lady? Right. So her name is Jill. And I, I thought it was funny that uh, in Ben's lines in the show, he basically mentions her name twice in this little clip right here. That's a porterhouse you're looking for. We're out. No, no porterhouse. I do, however, have something very important in my van, Jill, and I need you to watch it for me. Is it what I think it is? It is. He'll be safe with me. 
Have Gabriel and Jeffrey checked in yet? Yeah, everything's moving right on schedule. How's it going with Shepard? He's with us. Really? What'd you do, bribe him with some pills? Cut the man some slack. He's been through a lot, we all have. Right. Of course. Sorry. So keep him safe, Jill. Because if you don't, everything we're about to do won't matter at all. Okay, keep him safe. Okay, safe from what? He's already dead. Not. I think that I think it was important for you know that that his death be faked and that certain people believe it and and stuff like that. And I think specifically Widmore uh, is is who why John needs to appear to have died uh, and and such and such and all this other stuff. And it had to happen in such, you know, for a certain period of time. And then, um, you know, they need to make sure that his body doesn't raise to a certain temperature. And so they're keeping him cool and all that other good jazz. I don't know. That's just what I think. And if, I don't know who this Jill lady is, though. And she, who did she mention? I don't think we're supposed to yet. She mentioned Gabriel and Jeffrey. Jeffrey. Mm-hmm. And I hope that no, we he see. did. Yes. Ben did. I'm sorry. Um, you know what I really like about that? So I know there's all the who's the Jill you know why do they need to keep John in a in a butcher house um which is kind of creepy if you watch desperate housewives anyway um do you know what my favorite part of that scene is what's that she says um and what about shepherd he's with us what you have to do bribe him with some pills cut the man some slack he's been through a lot yeah we all have here's a man who um, by the timeline they've given us, three years ago was holding him prisoner and is now ready to cut him some slack. Mm-hmm. So it's, I don't know. I, I like the, the reversal in the... Yeah, that, I was reading through the forum uh, on our lost forum over at gspn.tv slash forum. Uh, but I was reading, somebody says, you know, one of their favorite things was to see oh you know what it might even be um in, in chris's call i i maybe I, I read it or heard it there but anyway the whole idea of seeing ben and jack sharing a hotel room which is so much better than <laughs> seeing uh than than seeing jack and and john sharing a bathroom yeah, <laughs> you know fighting like husband and wife all right, and so let's see here. Who sent the lawyers? We talked a little bit about this on uh, on the initial reaction podcast, so I'm not going to reemphasize what I believe. But we do have three callers uh, who call in three GSPN TV communities. Ben, right? uh, yeah, I definitely believe okay. Ben is the one who called the the lawyers and had them sent. So, but here is what John in Houston believes. Hey, Cliff, this is John uh, from Houston, Texas, calling about the weekly Lost podcast. Um, just want to um, share with you a couple of theories and a couple of questions. I have a possible theory that one of the people that is contesting Kate's ownership of Aaron could possibly be Claire's original adopted parents that were in Los Angeles that uh, Richard Malkin had her get on um, the flight to go see. You know, I you know I just thought you know we were thinking maybe it was it was Ben who did it or or if it was Charles Woodmore, but you know I just thought maybe that's a third person possibly. Okay, so the possibility of having those people that uh, the adoptive parents uh, of Claire's baby in in California, I, it's it's something I hadn't heard before. It's way out there, but I will at least give you. It's an interesting theory. There you go. Amanda in Michigan gave her thoughts. 
Hello, it's Amanda from Michigan calling again. I was just listening to the initial reaction podcast. Anyway, you were talking about who you think sent the lawyers, and I have a theory that I'm not sure the show will bear because I'm not sure I remember right, but I'm wondering if it wasn't Aaron's maternal grandmother, also known as Claire's mom and Christian's mistress, who maybe was thinking, oh, my daughter, she was on that plane. She was pregnant. Um, I saw this baby on TV, and... Oh, yeah, he's blonde, and I'm just kind of wondering, because maybe you just do a DNA test, just shot in the dark to see. But I don't remember if Claire's mom knew she was pregnant when she got on the plane. I just don't think she did, but maybe she did. I don't know. But that's my wacky theory, so I just had to share it. All right, I'll talk to you later. Bye. All righty. So, Stephanie, when Claire flew on the plane uh, and it was on her way you know, to Los Angeles and they crashed on the island. Her mom was still in a coma. Right. That's what I was going to say. Exactly. Okay. So I still believe that Ben's behind it, but I believe Ben went and told Claire's mom that Aaron is her grandchild. Okay. So I believe Amanda, you and I are both right. Very cool. All right. So Rick in Wisconsin has this to say. Hi, this is Rick from Wisconsin calling for the Weekly Lost podcast. Just finished listening to your review, and the only thing I did not like about the Lost premiere was that I was hoping to see Jin be rescued from the ocean by Faraday and his boat. It was my theory during the whole hiatus was that Jin is still alive, and now I have to change it that Maybe he's still alive and he slammed ashore and hasn't found everybody else yet. Um, I'm keeping my fingers crossed. My wife says he's not alive, but I'm hoping he flew off that deck into the water and is a really good swimmer and um, that we'll see Jen again because I just really cried when I thought he was dead and want to see him back. But uh, good review, initial reaction. I think everything you covered... um, that was in the episode that jumped out at me, got hit on. Uh, as far as the lawyers who came to Kate's door, I think it depends on whether or not Aaron is supposed to go back. If Aaron is supposed to go back, uh, it could be Ben driving her and Aaron on the run. But if, if Aaron's not uh, supposed to go back and things are supposed to happen a certain way, then maybe he tipped off uh, Grandma and uh, she got her lawyers and, and sent them from Australia or hired some American lawyers or whatever um, because what grandmother wouldn't want their grandchild if they lost their child and, you know, all of that. So um, I'll be listening Saturday night. Thanks. Bye. All righty. And it looks like Radio Daniel uh, is on um, here. I'm go-, go ahead, Steph. No, go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, say what you want to say. The, the interruption already... I already forgot, but let me think. All right. They all have to go back. Yeah. Right? Including the baby. Including the baby. Absolutely. Who's not supposed to be raised by another. That's right. Couldn't Kate be that another? Not so much an other as just another. No, I I, I think that the another uh, means Means, the the others, the people of the island. Okay. And I do believe that this whole story revolves around Claire and Aaron. 
I, I agree with you. <clears throat> and and bringing them to the island. I, I but, agree with you. But um, <laughs> how do you explain Claire appearing to Kate in her dream or on the phone or, or what? It was in a dream. Say, uh-huh. don't bring him back here. Well, that's because Claire, it's Claire's child. And Claire does not want her child to be raised by another. But the island wants Aaron back. Okay. Can't they both get what you, what they want? No. Why not? Claire says no. Island says yes. One gets their way. The other doesn't. Okay. Unless they clone Aaron. Oh, Send okay. one copy yeah, back. I don't get. I yeah. I don't get that. <laughs> Daniel, are you on the line, my friend? Yeah, I'm here. All right. What did you, What do you want to add to the conversation, sir? Well, I, I just thought that uh, the reason that the lawyers came, or whoever sent them, is because Kate. I don't know if someone's come to her, or maybe Claire's talked to her. Well, I guess yeah. Claire did talk to her last year. That said, never bring Aaron back. And that's why she's so adamant with Jack, not bringing him back. And now she knows someone's after her with the lawyers. So she's trying to run away from them, I guess, to to not. So Aaron won't, to protect Aaron, because she's been told by Claire, which would be the island, I guess, not to bring him back. So you now you think the island is the one who spoke to to Kate through through Claire? That you think the island is the one who says don't bring him back? Well, that's what we've seen. Well, we've seen other people talk and talk to. It was a ghost off the island. It wasn't Claire telling her on the island. She just appeared. It was in a dream. Yeah, I I think you remember was, last season. Mm-hmm. I I I think it was probably Claire. Uh, trying to reach her through through the dreams or or whatever mechanism. I I really think that the island is is wants Aaron back. So I don't think the island would send that mixed message. To so, so you don't you're telling me you don't think the island wants Aaron back. Is that what you're saying? I guess uh, I don't. I guess I'm not sure. I had always gone on the basis that the uh, the visions were. Um, or from Aaron, or or from the island, Charlie, and then Christian. But I guess what you're saying that that would contradict itself, which would, wouldn't be true. So, yeah, I, I I see where you're coming from, and I and I totally get that. I, I definitely can see where you would think that um, basically the the island is you know bringing about these apparitions of people um, and and stuff like that, and you know such as Yemi. And uh, Christian Shepherd, Charlie, as you say, uh, but you know, I, like for example, I don't think Anna Lucia and Libby coming back and seeing, uh, you know, talking to people. I, I I don't know that that's all the island. Uh, personally, I, I I don't think it's conclusive evidence. You know that that we can actually draw that conclusion and say, yeah, this is definitely the island. Right. Yeah. It's going it's be hard to tell because we don't really know how it does it and if it's just their conscience or or what working against them yeah all right well i i thank you for your feedback and uh just feel free during the show any other time to uh jump in and request a talk and for the other folks who are on the 
uh, phone line. It is very simple. All you have to do is hit star eight on your line there, and it will allow you to request to talk. All right, Stephanie. Yes. Uh, let's go on and uh, talk about Pierre Chang. Yeah. So it is now, we are now certain, if I'm not mistaken, tell me tell me if I'm wrong, but I, I, we're positive now, without a shadow of a doubt, that Dr. Marvin Candle, uh, uh, Mark Wickman, uh, Edgar Halifax, uh, Halifax or Hel- whatever. Halifax. Yes, thank you. Um, his name is definitely Pierre Chang, is that right? That's what I thought. Well, let's let's we knew this, you and I, mm-hmm. and several Lost fans knew this well before this episode, which I was so glad to see when they, you know, they did the the actual orientation film for which call it here, right? Um, which let me see, is that is that I don't think that's a clip that's coming up. Yeah, it is actually coming up. So uh, let me uh, let me go ahead and play this uh, clip here real quick. Hey, Cliff, this is Jeff. Oh, wait, no, that is actually just Jeff's thoughts on it. So um, let me go ahead and play what we heard from Comic-Con, the audio from that. Okay. Hello. My name is Dr. Marvin Candle, and I... You know what? Forget it. No point in games anymore, right? If you're watching this now, you already know that my name... My baby. real name is Pierre Chang, and I... Damn it, Lara! Just take him outside! Please! <laughs> chance at this. And I am a professor of theoretical astrophysics from Ann Arbor, Michigan. I was brought to the Godforsaken Island years ago to conduct God experiments and study the Kerr metric solution of the Einstein field equations and to... If I can keep this pinhole open long enough, you should be receiving my message roughly... 30 years, if you're this now, the American president is a man named George W. Bush. You share digital information instantaneously on something called Internet. And unfortunately, my colleagues and I are all dead. Kind of, of violent purge, one that we are apparently powerless to escape. This information comes to me from a, a source that has proven itself to be credible. None of that matters. Doesn't matter. Just get to it. Please. Regardless, if this transmission is successful, is proof the work I've been doing here is valid. In this place, it has extraordinary properties. I'm begging you. No matter what's happened, it's imperative that the Dharma Initiative be reconstituted. You have to continue the research, then you have to do it now. Time is not just of the essence. It is the essence. Now listen for Faraday. Perhaps you'll be able to find a way to save us, to change the past, and to... Please, please. You have to stop what's about to happen. You can't let us... This is useless. Right? It's just, it's used. They're never going to see this, Pierre. How do I turn this off? Where's no, the... no, what? No, what, what are you doing? How do you turn it off? No, 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 no. What are you doing? Is it, is it a all right, so basically there you go. That This was something that was released back uh, in with uh, mm-hmm. Comic-Con during the summer, 
and they gave us this this uh, thing where they were trying to, and, and of course, this is how many of us knew that something with time, right. they were going to try to do something. And obviously, this this was an attempt, possibly to to change the the events of the purge, and even says, listen, no matter what we do, we are powerless to do this. But if anything, let us at least get a message out to the people in the future that you must reinstitute the Dharma Initiative or do something. And and so basically, um, the whole idea of playing that though is uh, the the na- the many names of Pierre Chang, and of course uh, we have standing with Abdiel. He actually says, you know, why why all these names? And Jory, uh, aka Destiny, in our forum basically uh, gave uh, his theory. And do you want to share that real quick, Stephanie? Are you still in the show notes section? Yeah, I'm working on it. Alrighty. Okay. Can I just say I love when he says I've been brought to this godforsaken island? Yes. Uh, You can say that. um, Meaning that he's feeling very hopeless at the moment. Right. So, um, and you can hear the panic in his voice anyway. So when the Dharma people who are not interacting with him are left in the dark and cannot track him, or because he wants to let the people think that the Dharma stations are all developed by teams of scientists and by using all those names, the people think that when he is gone, the whole Dharma initiative had influence from many people, not just Chang. Right? Mm -hmm. I think the baby is not Miles. It would be too obvious, I think. There is a good chance it is Miles, but his last name is, is it Strom? Uh huh. Okay. Or something in that direction. And not one of the many aliases Peter Chang uses. But Pierre Chang. Pierre. So, yeah, I I understand. Yeah. Um, It could be his mother's maiden name. Could be. Maybe they weren't married. Maybe they were married and got a divorce because he's so darn cranky. Maybe (laughs) he got them off the island before he died. That could be. And she changed her name for safety reasons. Yeah. Changed her name back or, mm-hmm. or just changed it. Exactly. Maybe it's just television and something should just be obvious because then our heads won't hurt as much. Chef Mark says he was raised by another. He was raised by another. <laughs> so anyway, I love the thought. I mean, they obviously showed this. Well, they didn't show the baby, but you heard the baby. Right. Not in that one. You heard mm-hmm. uh, Pierre's baby in the orientation film Which, from Comic-Con. I have to tell you that the cries sound like an infant. Mm-hmm. So uh, on the the one from Comic-Con. So that couldn't have happened too long after the opening scene from the premiere. That's correct. Like that would be my. Yeah, absolutely. And of course we did see assumption. the baby and the baby certainly appeared to be a, and an Asian. They also showed boy. Faraday. In that time, at that time. Exactly. Do you catch that? (laughs) Absolutely. So he would have been there to film that. And being that he also is very much involved in time, he's like, listen, let me tell you what we can do. He understands something that they don't yet understand. Exactly. He would be the one to be able to... the energy they want to harness. Well, not only that, but he would be able to tell them about the purge. Right. See, lots of different things going on there. So, uh, very interesting stuff indeed. Um, there are some um, other things that we would go into, but you know, we don't have time to go into everything this well, evening. Well, I think because that this episode was two hours, that we should devote two hours. Not that I can give you two hours tonight, right? But that we should stop here in the notes 
and finish them up before Wednesday's episode. You think so? I do. And kind of just, well, you know, we are almost done. But yeah, we'll, we'll just, can we finish these in another episode? Okay. We aren't almost done. You're such a liar. <laughs> you just want to go to bed before one o'clock in the morning. I know how you are. It'd be the first time in like four days. <laughs> I know. Five days. All right. But so- no, that is what I think. I think that we should still finish um, because we normally will devote one hour to. Okay. Actually, more than one hour because we do the, the we- initial reaction also. But yeah, one we- hour on the weekend to a one hour episode. So. Okay. To our premiere gets should get two hours. All right. Well, we will stop here then, and we will pick up. And uh, just so folks know, we will make sure that uh, everybody in the free feed not only gets 187, but you'll also get 188. Uh, let's talk about that just real quickly, Stephanie. Uh, one of the things that we are doing here at gspn.tv, Stephanie and I, this is our full-time career. This is what we do for a living. And uh, one of the things that we want to let folks know is that on the Weekly Lost Podcast, we will be releasing a minimum of two episodes per week when it comes to putting out uh, the Weekly Lost Podcast. And uh, you may sometimes get as many as, as three uh, podcasts, which is obviously what's going to happen this week. And uh, if you want to learn how you can get every single episode of the Weekly Lost Podcast, uh, please come over and learn what it means to be a gspn.tv plus member. You can do that at gspn.tv slash plus. And basically what we plan on doing is uh, giving out an entire week's worth of content for free each month on all the free feeds, including the Lost Podcast Network. Uh, However, our gspn.tv plus members will gain access to every week's episodes of all the all the episodes of lost and uh, not only that but we also go through and have plenty of episodes during the hiatuses as well so with that gspn.tv slash plus and uh, if you have any questions about it you can always email me feedback at gspn.tv there's still i guess with this there's plenty of time if you want to to leave feedback on our voicemail line if, up to this point have we missed anything uh, th- we still have plenty of show yeah, notes. Yeah, there's still a ton there. There's still a lot of show notes. Uh, we're about one-third of the way through the show notes. Uh, but uh, this will give us a- an opportunity to even have more feedback. That phone number, once again, area code 859-795-4067. It's a voicemail line open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And uh, Stephanie, is there anything else you wanted to say? Good night. Until next time. (laughs) Okay. Until next time. Stay Stay lost. lost.